Welcome to Shorewords, the ASPN podcast of coastal literature, the factual and fictional accounts that transport us toward the shore. I'm Leslie Ewing, host of Shorewords, and in each episode, I'll be talking with authors about their coastal writing and with coastal leaders about the tales and stories that inspired their chosen path. Today, it's my great pleasure to talk with Charlotte Rigg about some of her writing and her illustrations. But first, I'll pause for some information from our sponsors. The American Shoreline Podcast Network and Coastal News Today are brought to you by Geodynamics, an NV5 company specializing in providing accurate surveys of complex coastal environments worldwide. Driven by marine geology, coastal science, and remote sensing, our researchers use the latest technology to provide meticulous data products to support our clients and answer their toughest questions. Geodynamics carefully designs and executes a variety of hydrographic, geophysical, sub-bottom, and near-shore surveys using our fleet of customized vessels and sensor configuration. You can find us at nv5geospatial.com. Geodynamics, delivering solutions, improving lives. Be sure to subscribe to the Coastal News Today Daily Blast newsletter for our latest updates from around the American shoreline. Like what you're hearing and want to support the network? Sponsorship packages are now available. Go to coastalnewstoday.com slash advertising to learn more. So, Shar, first of all, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, about yourself as a writer as well as an illustrator? Um, thank you, Leslie. And um, thanks for, just before I answer the question, uh, for inviting me on your podcast. I'm really excited to be here. Um, so my journey was a long one. I never expected to really get into illustrating or even uh, children's books. I just kind of fell into it. Um, and it started uh, really when I, I met my my friend Damien the Loop, who loves the manatee. And I uh, illustrated a manatee for him because I thought that that would be really cute and wonderful. And I was looking at it and I'm like, this is incredible. I just love these animals. I love nature and I love the ocean. And I'm always trying to find ways to inspire people to um, protect it and protect our creatures. And so I, I was like, this is so cute. I, you know, I want to put this on shirts. And then I came up with my company name, which is Catch the Cuteness. And suddenly I brought in my shrimp and lobster because they're little mud bugs and, and they're cute and they're always working. And they're like these little worker bees of the ocean. And it just all kind of fell together. Um, and I can't tell you the exact order, but I, I feel like that that's how it all came. Cause it was just kind of like, Oh, wave, no pun intended. <laughs> and it, uh, it just kind of escalated. I, I was doing, um, Christmas cards for my friends and I put shrimp and lobster in there wearing their Santa hats and, uh, doing, um, reindeer fish and um, doing kissing fish under the mistletoe and just these cute little things that I, I just wanted to get people excited about the ocean um, and, and the unique wonders in it. Um, and then I, uh, I came out with my first 
self-published book, my um, Sea Creatures Pocket book, and I explore uh, 10 creatures, including the manatee, um, and uh, with some facts and try to get kids to learn more um, about them and, uh, and color and, and just something really cute that they can just take with them. And, uh, and then one day I drew shrimp with a little French beret on his head. And I'm like, uh-oh. And he was in front of the um, Eiffel Tower. And then I'm like, oh boy, I think they're on vacation. And so then I drew them inside the Louvre. And then I drew them in all these other different um, parts of Paris. And, and that's what uh, started my, um, my adventure series. Uh, um, so uh, I presented my work to my publisher and, and she loved it. And, and we decided to start with San Francisco as the first, um, adventure and then New York and, and the rest is history. Now I'm, I'm working on that. I think it's wonderful that the, the shrimp decided to go traveling, that you didn't decide to make that happen for them. <laughs> that, um, and so you've now got shrimp and lobster, traveling to San Francisco and shrimp and lobster traveling to New York and Chicago is on its way. Mm -hmm. How did you pick your cities? How did you decide where, or did they decide for you where they wanted to go? Yeah, no, good question. Um, San Francisco, I was, I was born in San Francisco. So that was uh, a no brainer. And I think it was a uh, coincidental that it's one of the top cities to travel to, um, in the, in the country. Uh, and the same thing with New York. I mean, it's a phenomenal place to explore. Um, and so we, we, that's literally what, uh, decided on, on those two locations. And it just so happened I went to, um, NYU for film school. So I, I love New York. It's, it's my favorite town. If I, if I weren't living in San Francisco, I would be in Manhattan. <laughs> um, and after, uh, uh, we wrapped up San Francisco and New York. Um, uh, I was talking to the publisher about another location um, and they uh, suggested New England. And so I, I went up there while I was going to NYU. And so I just, of course, I, I love I love Boston. And so that's that's what started the New England adventure. So. Well, and also being shrimp and lobster, they can't go far from the coast. Right. <laughs> so part of what I like about it is these are all, in a way, coastal books. They're talking about the coastal communities and the cities that have have grown up, in part because they're so close to the water and the features that are part of both of those cities or all, all those areas that are um, unique to those places that are right on the water's edge. Yes. And, you know, I'm actually excited about the New England book because lobsters are really popular up, uh, up there. And so I'm, I, the book was just released on the, the 17th. So I'm, I'm just curious to see if people will be picking it up because people, people love lobster. And um, as we were pitching it to um, small businesses, they, they were pretty gung-ho about, about lobster. So I mean, shrimp likes to shine, but I think lobster has it on this one. <laughs> or, or once you're up in New England, it's not lobster, it's lobster. Oh, right. <laughs> lobster. <laughs> so for, for your putting your books together, what comes first? Do you get the illustrations and then 
provide the dialogue or do you think of dialogue and then pictures to go with them? Uh, for my first two, I started, uh, first I do essentially a storyboard. So I sketch out everything that I think, how I think it'll look in, in my eye. Um, and then I, yeah, I, I start illustrating them out. Um, and I, I didn't realize that I was doing it wrong. You're supposed to do the copy first. Um, and so, for instance, with my New England book, I was so excited about all these locations and I'm illustrating away. I think I quadrupled the amount of illustrations that I uh, needed uh, instead of just focusing on on maybe one illustration for one area. I'm like, no, they're going inside. They're exploring this. And I just I kind of go crazy with illustrations. So I have to be more disciplined. Um, but I guess that means I have more content. Um, so the rule is, or I don't know, I've been told the rule is that I still have yet to follow is you write the copy first and then you illustrate for the copy. Um, and I just did it backwards. So. <laughs> oh, I mean, it does sound like maybe that was developed by people who are more writers than illustrators. Yeah, I, it's, uh, either way, I, I do like looking at all the illustrations that I have in, in extra, um, because I have so much fun doing it, you know, because I, I feel like I'm on that journey with shrimp and lobster. And I can't even tell you sometimes when I lay out my images, I just look at them and I'm like, this is amazing. Like you really are on vacation right now. I wish I were with you, you know, and they, they're just having so much fun and, and they're so quirky to me um, because lobster is like the serious one and shrimp is the more peppy playful one and speedy. Um, and so they're just this funny little duo that are, are going to locations that um, you or I would go to hopefully while on vacation. Um, so uh, the point being that um, the book is, if you handed this, uh, this guidebook to your kid, it would be an easy way for them to make a decision on where they want to go because odds are you'd be going there anyway. Um, so it empowers your child to lead the expedition. And, um, and that's empowering. You know, I think you learn more, but I do enjoy illustrating them. I, I have fun. And again, Leslie, I, I'm going off topic, excuse me, off topic. Um, before uh, the books came out, um, excuse me, that was allergies. Um, I was looking at them and it's, it's scary putting yourself out there. Um, you know, and it's, it's so new, this publishing world and talking to people. And even right now, my heart's like, do, 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 do. Um, and so when I was looking at these books before, like the day before they were, um, released in August, uh, I just, I was so scared and I'm looking at them and my little guys, and I was just giving them a little pep talk, a little morale boost. You know, I'm like, I know it's scary, but you're going to go out there and you're going to inspire kids to go on a great adventure. And it's going to be so much fun and just pumping them up. And I know it sounds silly, but I just feel like these characters are their own little beans. And uh, I know that sounds crazy, but I just, that's just how much heart I put into the, the, the characters. 
So I love them. <laughs> so I would gather then that when you're, since one of your books is set in San Francisco and you live in San Francisco or you travel to New York, when you're traveling around either of those cities, they're probably traveling with you in some way and, and you're going, so shrimp, did you remember seeing that? And hey, lobster, what's going on here? Or are they not really part of your day-to-day travels? No, I mean, they're pretty much with me all the time, all the time. You know, I mean, I look at something and I'm like, oh, shrimp would definitely be standing on that. And that would be a, not a good plan, you know, or just, um, yeah, I I visualize them everywhere. Um, even even going up, you know, to, to Coit Tower up the stairs. I mean, lobster would be the first up there because shrimp is, although he's speedy and fast, he doesn't like um, exercise like that. He more like, he, he likes cars and fast things and driving. And, you know, when it comes down to hiking and stuff, that's more lobster's motto. So, um, anyway, yeah, they're, they're with me everywhere, everywhere. It's, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So they do have their own unique and separate personalities, but did you, were you inspired by any other fictional or real duos that, that you thought, they're kind of the shrimp and lobster version of Thelma and Louise or Cheech and Chong, or are there any of those groups that kind of a little bit channel through shrimp and lobster? Are they all both unique? Yeah, I I don't know. I didn't, I, I never thought of that. So I, I um, no, they just came too. And again, I can't tell you how they came about. I was like, often I think about it and uh, I just know that they, they work so hard, you know, they're, they're these bottom feeders and they're so busy and, uh, and I, um, they, they have a ring to it, shrimp and lobster. And it's not just like the all you can eat buffet at Sizzler. <laughs> you know, that, that's how they came about. They, they just had this beautiful ring. Um, and, and there are little, uh, mud bugs. Um, and so they see a lot, they see a lot, all that's, uh, plastic stuff that comes down floats all the way down into their house, you know. And so I, 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 I designed them actually to be more of a, a, an awareness, you know, to remind people to take care of the ocean. Um, but the the duo, they they just literally came organically. They just they just fell right into my lap. Well, that's that's a lucky thing that your lap was ready to receive them. Um, right now I'm actually reading a, a non-coastal book. It's Clara and the Sun, but it's by Ishiguro. And it's about Clara is a artificial intelligence um, AI character. And, and the story's being told through her eyes and through her perceptions. And it's a really interesting book in that regard because the, the author is able to present the world in a different view, I think, than if it were being told by a human character. And yet you've got the cognition and stuff that this AI brings to it. And I think there's probably a lot that you were able to do by having shrimp and lobster say those things or talk about them that, you know, maybe wouldn't have been as easy or as, as compelling, perhaps, um, where they have to come from from you directly or from um, a, a, a person who is doing the same trip, somehow giving your characters a little bit of, of imaginative basis to be there 
probably gives you freedom to do things that you might not have done and said otherwise. Is, was that anything you considered or is that, I'm just pushing Clara and the sun onto everybody these days because it was so fun, but that's, that's part of what I get from it. Um, yeah, I should check out that book. Uh, number one, that sounds interesting. Um, the uh, shrimp and lobster's voice are, um, I, I don't know. That's a good question. And I'm not sure how to answer it. Uh, because it's, I mean, it's obviously still me, but I, I, I think the way I write my, um, copy for shrimp is I, I, I know this character is a, a rascal. And um, so when I don't know how the copy comes out, it just does. I uh, and I, I perhaps I wouldn't have written it before because I didn't know shrimp or lobster before, if that makes sense, you know. So um, all all I know is they're small, like kids, and they want to do big things. And so I, I put them out there in these different um, scenarios to show that kids can do it, too. You know, just because they're little, they can still do big things. Um, and so I, I, I think that's also an, a, another note that I, I think is important um, to mention. But uh, I, I, none of these books would have been possible without Shrimp and Lobster. That's, a, yeah. So. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's that, yeah. that goes without saying since it's shrimp it's, and lobster yeah. go to New York and shrimp and lobster. I, and, is I don't think I would but, have come up with any other characters though, like oh the uh, you know the slug and the the snail. I mean, who knows? Maybe that'll be their competition. But they also give you the opportunity to have two voices and sort of dialogue between the two and and a little bit of inner confrontation, but then obviously resolution. What's the reaction been from? from kids who read the books? Um, it's cute. I actually have a, a, a friend who uh, she she's gifted these books to her daughter and it was so cute. And I love hearing feedback um, from people because it's, it's just so kind, you know, cause um, I, I don't, I, I, you know, I still work nine to five, so I don't, I don't hear much feedback. Um, and my friend uh, had uh, shot me a text and said that her, when she received the book and handed it to her daughter, she squealed. She was so excited about getting the next adventure. And so, I mean, it just feels so good, you know, and, and that's what it's about. Like, she's so excited about learning more, um, this, where are they going? What are they doing? Let's learn about New England, you know, and it's just, it was so cool. And it just inspires me to just keep, keep doing what I'm doing. Cause that's what it's about really is, is getting kids out there and excited. And Leslie, this is their first guidebook. I mean, how cool is that? I, that's the way I look at it. Cause I remember my first guidebook, I was, I was going to Italy and it's just, it's so cool. You can write in the pages and I just, I just, love that. Um, and so I, I just, I hope to inspire kids to, to get out there and explore. I hope so. And, and appreciate the ocean part of what they're exploring as well. And that they're in coastal regions and coastal areas. So as much as you get the shrimp and lobster looking out toward the water, I think that would be a good thing. I do too. Yeah. And I, I'm, 
I have other books. Um, I, I did a uh, kelp forest book because I want to educate um, people about our kelp forests. And so I, there's, I have other stuff that I'm, I'm really eager to, to put out there as well, because really we, we have got to protect our oceans. So are there any coastal writers or other books that you, you had used originally as inspiration? Not so much inspiration for this, but that as you were growing up, you felt were sort of the touchstones you would go to when you were thinking about the oceans. I didn't have any specific books, um, but I know I, I love Shel Silverstein, um, he's wonderful. And the giving tree, I just was really impacted by that. Um, and, uh, Charles Schultz, you know, peanuts, he's local here. And so I, I just love these simple line drawings. Um, and I, as for the ocean, I, I am a water baby. I grew up loving the ocean, loving the beach. All we did, uh, as a kid was just, explore the beach and we would always do these trips down to Mexico and just miles and miles of beach and and so I I just uh, nature inspired me (laughs) I mean it's just incredible um what's out there and um I I I remember we were in Florida on our way to the Bahamas and I wish I could remember this beach I was trying to call my mom to get the name. Um, but it, the sand was just so powdery and wonderful. And you could scoop the sand up and all these just little tiny, I think they're butterfly shells or is that, do you know what I'm talking about? All these different colors of, of shells and they were alive, you know? And so they'd start immediately digging into the sand and it was just, it felt so magical. And, you know, it, it's like nature's, treasure, you know, and you know, a beach is healthy when you can just dip your fingers into that sand and see life. You know, there are no pesticides, there's nothing that's destroying it, you know, it's just so alive. And so I, I think that's really beautiful. And I, I, I hope that our Florida beaches and beaches all around can still, you know, carry such life. It's, it's exciting. Um, so anyway, that's, that's what's important. And it's so true because we think of beaches as the sand, but for many, many animals and plants, it's habitat. It's where they live. And as we see the beaches start to disappear, we're losing that habitat as well. And Florida, um, they many places in Florida talk about their white, sugary sand beaches and find that that's exactly what they want to have for that their communities and that's a sort of tourist draw for them, but they're all different types of beaches and all of those have a habitat value. If it's even a cobbly gravelly beach, there's value in those as well. And it'd be harder for shrimp and lobster to walk across them, of course, but there there's, there's an amazing um, vitality in a lot of the shoreline and we don't, appreciate it as much as perhaps we should at times. And so I'm glad you're you're recognizing that the the life in those beaches and, and the things that live in the sand are are an integral part of what's going on in the ocean. 
and it's the sort of our first step toward the ocean environment that that is also so important and in especially important for shrimp and for lobster and that type of marine mammals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, and I think that's, um, you know, an important educational point is um, what, what is healthy, you know, and, and when you see life in the sand, um, that is a healthy beach. You know, just it was abundant. And I'm just curious if it's still like that right now. Um, And I I mean, even that clearly I had a a moment on on this beach because I remember picking up the sand and I'm not kidding you. I picked up a shrimp. I'm like, what is this thing? It was this teeny tiny shrimp. And I, I mean, honestly, it was probably shrimp. I just had no idea, you know, and I wanted to show my mom. I'm like, mom. And then the thing just jumped right out of my hands. It went doing and, and off it went into the ocean. And it was just the cutest thing. And so again, um, I just, when you can really experience nature uh, at, at its healthiest moment, you want to protect that. And uh, I, I just, I hope it's still like that out there. I mean, I know we've got a, a lot of issues with, um, the algae overgrowth and, and things are dying. And I, it's, it's, I, I mean, it's just from what I read. So I'm just, I hope we still have some healthy beaches out there so kids can see for themselves. Maybe you need shrimp and lobster to go to the beach. I think so. <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing some research on that. <laughs> I can be your assistant and point out beach yes. areas. Yes. <laughs> Fabulous. Let's do it. And Along those lines, so what is your favorite beach to go visit? Well, it's been a while since I've been doing all this uh, research uh, on my cities, but I a beach that I really, uh, really stands out uh, was when I, um, I was traveling with my parents, and I was 14, and we were in Kenya, and uh, we went to Diani Beach, and it is just this exquisite again it's this powdery it, the, the sand was so powdery it would squeak as you walked across it it was just incredible um and the water is just you know turquoise and warm and just so lovely and i get cold so easily that anything that's you know, nice and cozy, warm. I'm I'm ready to dive in, but I have a hard time going to the beach up here in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> it does get chilly even on the warm day. Yeah. Yep. Stenson is nice. Stenson's nice. I used to go to Stenson a lot uh, uh, growing up, which was really fun. But uh, you wouldn't catch me in that water. It's, it's a little chilly. <laughs> so anything else you want to say about your books? And please let the readers know how to find your books. Oh yeah, thank you. Um, so no, I've I just released my New England book on on April seventeenth. I'm really proud um, of this one, and you know, I'm just I just love all my little books. I mean, it, everybody, thank goodness, is starting to get back out there and traveling. And um, it, if you're out there with your kids 
and you're looking for a, a city expedition, this is this is a great book to pick up and, and just hand it to them and see where they want to go because that really is empowering. And you, you both can learn together as you explore. Um, and you can find them on Amazon. Um, you can also find them on my website at shrimpandlobster.com. I can even sign a copy for you if you want something special. Um, I'd be happy to do that. Um, and so, yeah, that's uh, that's that's my my news. Otherwise, I'm just working away on Chicago. So watch out. <laughs> well, Shar, it's been delightful talking with you today, and I. I really think shrimp and lobster are more than just books for young adults. I kind of enjoyed reading them when I had them. And then I gifted mine to my nieces and nephews' children, thinking that that was really who they were meant to be going to. And so they are now in the hands of of young children who will hopefully be telling their parents, we've got to go to San Francisco. We've got to go to New York. We've got to go to New England. We've got to travel and see these places. Shrimp and lobster get to go. We should go too. Yes. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. That would be, I, yep, that's the, that's the point. That would be exciting. Definitely. Thank you so much, Leslie. Well, thank you. And thank you so much, people who have been listening to this. Thank you for listening to this episode of Shorewords. And I think this time with Shar has been really wonderful. It's a different type of experience than I normally have because um, it's my first venture into talking with someone who writes children's books. And I just think that's, that's the time to get started on caring about the coast. And so I'm so glad that, that Char was available to talk and that um, we're expanding the types of coastal literature far and wide and to the different ages of people who are gonna be experiencing the coast. And so this will also, as I hope many of the books that we talk about on Shorewords, will encourage you to look at the coast differently, go into your favorite beach and look at it differently, be both inspiring and educational for you. Certainly thinking about a children's view of the coast and that enlightened idea of travel and exploration is, is yet one more that we need to be considering. So thank you for your time. Enjoy your coast and your views of the shore.